0: Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Proudly brought to you by, who is it? L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to <clears throat> Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at com. I am Spike Eskin, along with an obviously perturbed, and rightly so, Mike Levin. Mike, I'm going to skip all the places that you can get the podcast. I'm going to skip that. The lottery party is on May 16th. I'm going to skip all of those things. And I was thinking perhaps I could just let you riff or is, is that how you want to start it? I, that's that's the way I thought. I've been surrounded by, you know, I, I work at WIP, obviously, and this has been the top story. So people have been yelling all around me all day long. So I figured mm-hmm. I'd give you the chance first.
1: So, OK. I so wish just to feel a little bit better that the Ersan deal was second rather than first.
0: Right. Because you thought everything was going to be okay.
1: Just just lulled me into a, a false sense of security. I fire off a couple nice tweets about him.
0: You said you could trust him.
1: I said that I could trust him. And that's exactly why you shouldn't trust anyone. Because, because, because they will take it. They will take it from you, and make you regret it.
0: Make a note. Look at your loved ones' text messages when they're not around, just to be sure.
1: Because one of them, at least one of them, wants to execute a horrible trade. Yep. For trading you for the neighbor. Right.
0: Right. Well, I made the the point. I was uh, I was on the air today. This is the one day a year that I end up on the air, and you know this. With your dad, or what's that?
1: With your dad, or- no,
0: not with my dad. I don't do that anymore. I let him it, somehow. He he is so obviously trolling, and it, our yeah. people just fall right for it every
1: time. So he's he's never he's, he's never gonna have like a come to Jesus moment. No, like, yeah, you know what? No, it's never gonna happen. I was just- why waste.
0: I was just on a New Jersey radio station with this guy Zach Gelb, and Zach knows my dad, and he's like, "Is he ever going to admit that Sam Hickey was did a good job?" And I said, "You don't understand. He's not interested in that. If he was interested, yeah. that's, and that is that's the game. If you're playing that game, you're losing. You 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 yeah. can't try to convince him." But anyway, so no, I was I was not on with him. I went on after him and and ripped him, but but I was not on with him. But the the point that I made was. We traded two second round picks for a half season of Ish Smith. We got a second round pick and a second round pick swap for Ursan Ilyasova. And we got two second round picks for Nurlands Noel. And it just and Justin Anderson. It doesn't add up, man. Like it it just it doesn't add up. And the thing that that doesn't add up even more. And there are ways to argue around this, but in a very simple simple way, you can't say you're worried that the guy's going to get huge contract offers yeah. in restricted free agency and then in the same breath say there were no good deals out there for him because it, it, those two things don't add up. It, he's not he was a restricted free agent. And just the chance that you can match whatever, and you, you have enough cap space to match. So it's Planet not cap space. yeah, it's not one of those situations like with, with Daryl Morey where with what he did with the Knicks with Jeremy Lin, you you don't you can't play games to make the Sixers not match if they want to match. So essentially, even though he's a restricted free agent, he's unavailable. You trading for him guarantees that you can give him that contract. And to say that you're worried that somebody's going to want to give him that contract, but wasn't also willing to trade something of value for him—that's bullshit. That, that that doesn't add up. It doesn't. And I—I I don't know about you, but when this trade happened, I—I I didn't know what the other shoe could be. But I just kept thinking something else has to be coming. Something else has to be coming, and nothing you ever mean came. A-
1: after oh yeah, like a different trade, not yeah. like the second rounders being. No, the-
0: no, no, no. Something bigger. There there's a and not a, an Okafer thing. And I have to tell you. I would have been fine. I was totally prepared, as you know, and as the listeners of this podcast know, I was totally prepared for Jaleel Okafor not to get traded today. Totally prepared for it. I was, I was resigned to it. Not in a sad way. I was just resigned to it. But them not trading him, in addition to trading for trading Noel, what they traded him for makes it look makes me
1: feel worse about it. It's it's all awful. We t- there's there's so many levels to this trade that you have to address them all like almost individually and like sort of like block out the rest of it. So if you want to talk about like what you said, which was, Oh, he's going to get, he's, he's going to walk at the end of the year. Do you really want to pay him all that money? Do you really want to pay him all that money to be a backup? Like that's a lot of things that a lot of uh, people that I don't even know if they're for this trade or just like mad that we're mad. Right. keep, bringing up like, oh, he's a backup. He's a backup. It's like Embiid's played 31 games this year. You need a defensive anchor. He, he plays 31 games and he also like, he might not hold up over a full season. You might always want to play him like 28, 30 minutes. You might want to see him and Noel play together because they played eight total minutes together. Whereas him and Jaleel, it was like, let's try it. Let's keep trying it. You know, it's not working, but it's going to work. They tried eight minutes. And there was a conspiracy theory that I've thought of. And then Jake Pavorsky voiced that they didn't want to play them together. Because what if it worked? And then you'd have to pay New Orleans. It was, which I like. I like all those bullshit conspiracy theories. But, but, that, cons-
0: but I mean, that is, that is some,
1: if that's true, that is some petty shit, man. Because. Yeah, it's all so, it's, Colangelo came in. And immediately was like, "Fuck this dude! I don't want Nerlands. He's not, you know." And he's—we've heard character issues. We've heard about like the apartment he rented. I'm sick we've of hearing about, about like, it all that. up that's all late. bullshit. He's too. Been, he's been nothing but great this whole, like, really since he came back and got the round of applause, standing ovation.
0: Well, and look, even if you if you character issues, unless they are severe, and I will go ahead and say that. I think outside of uh, actual, you know, committing actual crimes. Let's get rid of that. Let's say you could say that DeMarcus Cousins' character issues—that's legit, right? We we can all sort of say that. That is a but. Everything else, everything below that—the didn't show up for practice and is malcontent, blah blah blah.
1: That's all bullshit. was not even show up; as I was late.
0: Yeah, that that's all. That's all. You could say that about a lot of guys, and that stuff comes out when they want it to come out. To sort of yeah. make it the same yeah. way that the top 18 protected first round pick came out as what the trade oh was. Wait, let's let's
1: get to it. Let's get to it. Let's okay. Get to it. Let's All get right.
0: To it. Sorry.
1: Sorry. So like the the Nerlens stuff. It's like okay, which for you you said the the it doesn't add up, and I agree a million percent. For me, it's always it's the stuff that bugs me about NBA franchises and trades and decisions is that they have to be rooted in some logic. It's not it's not like hey we we took. Uh, luau in the draft and i thought that uh pat mccaw would be better right it's like there's a difference between like well scouting it's like i i think this guy's good but like you know who knows you really could it really could go either way you might want him for this or that but like each move should have an inherent logic that 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 that, that tracks and that makes sense and this just doesn't it just doesn't in any way so this so if you take away what you think about Nerlens as a player. You just take it away and let's put that on the side for now. If you you can, if you want to trade him, if you said like, we got to get rid of him, we're not going to sign him, fuck no, let's trade him. Then trade him at the beginning of the season. Trade him not not like a couple hours before the deadline aimlessly, like, wow, well, it's the best we can do. Like, it seems so, such a panic, haphazard, worthless. Like this, if, if this is the best you can get, if, if like, this really, Justin Anderson, who's, like, a late first-round pick who hasn't played much in Dallas. I like Justin Anderson. We'll get to it. But he hasn't been able to, like, really crack the rotation in fucking Dallas. A team that's Dorian trying
0: to lose, basically.
1: You and know? Dorian Finney-Smith beat him. An undrafted free agent beat him out for a spot. I also like, like, I think Justin Anderson could be a player. Let's put that aside. But, like, it's not—he's not this coveted prospect. So he's a, he's come—his second year— couldn't get minute. couldn't get real minutes in Dallas and you frame it like Justin Anderson in the first round pick and Andrew Bogut's salary which we'll be able to flip for somebody else which Great. we didn't awesome yeah oh fuck that's not a first round pick that's a top 18 protected such like an obviously dumb fucking spin move to do yeah yeah let's make it top 18 protected they're like how many games back are they of the of the 19th spot? Is it like nine Here, with like 11 picks in between?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I said on the air, I said, well, you never know. Maybe they win 24 games in a row in the second half yeah. and we get the first round pick.
1: And by the what way. What the fuck kind but, of thing is that? What a waste. What a what a, like. We think our fans are so stupid that we're going to tell them it's a top 18 pick. And if somehow the Mavs become the best team in the league, then, hey, we get to fucking draft. Tyler Lied on it, like twenty one. Well, Amazing. That, that's it's not gonna fucking happen. Why would you do that? It's such it's such a bullshit spin. Like Calangelo thinking he's this like smooth talker, and he's like, ah, it's a first. Let's let it be a first. Could be a first. Fans will be excited about that. What are you saying? What
0: well, the funny thing is is even if we got the nineteenth pick in the draft, I don't think that's enough for Nurland's Noel.
1: I, well, that's he, the thing is that yeah. is that it's if it's if you're saying we are not going to match on this guy if you're saying we are not going to match, let's get something for him. Then a a prospect that's kind of fallen out of favor and a future first round pick. That's fine. I would have been fine. I really, I I disagree with the idea that you wouldn't match, but if we're operating under the assumption that, Hey, we're not going to match because we think it's going to be, the offers are going to be through the roof. Then to get for half a season, a first round pick and Justin Anderson for him would be fine. But, not trading them now for two second round picks. When we have like 47 second round picks, we're not going to make all those picks. We're going to trade them for cash. I, I love the idea of having second round picks. Obviously that's like what the whole fucking podcast was based on was us liking having second round picks. Let's get, let's draft a couple foreign guys, stash them. Hopefully they get better. I love it. That's no issue with second round picks always, but we have plenty and this isn't going to be a high upside like, well, we got to move him now because we're getting a first round pick for some guy who, who could walk when we think he's going to get overpaid. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You can't. If, if someone blew you out of the water with a Nerlens offer, then fine. Fine. I disagree with it. I disagree because I think you should match because he's really good and you're going to need somebody to back up and play play with Embiid when he's hurt, when he's on the bench when maybe they can play together. We never saw Covington, Noel, and Bede together. That would have been an awesome lineup. And so, but even then, this wasn't that offer. So I, I, I don't know how you can like it from any side. From any fucking side, I don't know how you can look at this and be like, yeah, we got something. It's not much. Justin Anderson, who we like, think could be good, is just not any any number of elite prospect. If they, If you got offered, like, even Chris Dunn, forum or even like denzel valentine like guys that ha- justin anderson's older than new i think or like right around the same age it it's-, it's just a bad trade on every on every fucking level you were exactly right when you said that like you can't on the one hand say man no fucking offers this is the best we can do and awful and also he's probably gonna get overpaid because all these teams want him like those don't line up. That's a logical flaw. And that's what kills me with these NBA front offices. When they do shit that doesn't make any sense, they spin it like, yeah, yeah, well, we have to. But if you really look at it and say, why are we doing this? What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? It just doesn't make any logical sense. Can I tell you
0: something funny? The Mavericks are only three games out of the eighth spot in the playoffs in the Western Conference somehow.
1: I know. this is. They could... I mean, they had a, they've had. they had a good run with Yogi. Well, but they if just...
0: they made the playoffs, they would have a chance at... Uh at at not being oh they would still be sixteenth, right? Yeah. Yeah, but there's, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, way they're catching Oklahoma City. Yeah. Well they'd have to catch well they'd have to catch Detroit, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it might be a little closer. It is actually a little closer than I thought it would, but there's no way Dallas wants to make they're they're never making the playoffs. So so we don't have to worry about that. Um yeah, it it's a bummer and it's a bummer especially for I feel like we were all attached to Nerlens in a specific way because of the initial trade, you know, he was the first process move to get Nerlens. But yeah. I, I feel specifically he was my favorite. I it was him and him and him Roten Covington, you know. I I really liked watching him play. It seemed like he felt a lot smoother this year. There is there's really
1: nothing He's can, definitely like getting better. Just yeah. so obviously getting better.
0: Yeah, and and he uh it's just obvious that the team was good when he was in this year, you know, especially toward the end when Embiid wasn't playing. Team was good when he was in the—at in, in, the very least, he stays out of the way, uh, and at the most, he's a supreme disruptor on defense. Well, I don't need to talk about why he's good. And the other thing yeah, I'll we say, know too— he's good.
1: I mean, he yeah, you know, he had he had he he was hot and cold sometimes this year sure. on defense. His, his body still is—I mean, he's not perfect. No one's saying that we should trade Embiid and let Nerlands be the star. No. It's just— it it just Whoa. didn't need to happen like this. Like if you're blown out of out of the water with a deal, great. Awesome. Let's make that fucking trade. But this is just just giving up and not realizing like, oh, this guy's clearly better. This guy's clearly better and we're we're just handing over a somewhat long term asset for this. Like if you sign him, if you sign him to say like, you know, the max is twenty five, say you sign him to twenty million dollar offer a year. Twenty million the cap will keep going up and we'll use him. We're not going to not use Nerlens. He'll be playing 20 plus minutes a game, maybe more if Embiid is sitting for any length of time, he fits nicely with Simmons and then you can, if he's playing well, you move him. If he's, I mean, I don't think, I mean, if he's not playing well, then we're fucked, whatever. But like, I don't think he's not gonna play well cause he's great. He's really good. They're, they're good when he's in the game. He can continue to improve his jump shots, improving his handles improving. he has got a nice little left hand. It just, it just the, the idea like, Oh, you're really going to spend that much money on him for a bench spot. Like you're just not maximizing the return on your investment. Like we have this, we're we're selling, it's an expiring contract with the opportunity to match for a four likely four, four year deal. And they're saying, no, let's trade him now. Get rid of him when his value is like maybe the lowest. The lowest it could be. Half a season and then match rights. And then we get a first-round pick from a couple years ago who can't really break the rotation in Dallas and a joke of a protected first-round pick that becomes two second-rounders. It's an... And then Andrew Bogut, who is a total piece of shit, who, if they don't buy him out, if they keep him on the team, like, I'm, I don't know, I, I'll be so mad, I'll be so furious. I want to threaten them with something. All right, maybe another bill, maybe another billboard. Oh, okay.
0: I was, I was like, slow down, buddy. Don't make me edit. <laughs> don't make me edit
1: when you threaten. No, me. not like a physical threat, like well, a protest threat.
0: So. The, well, I mean, uh, that's what the, the I mean, the lottery party is always our de facto protest. You know, last but year we're, it was, it's,
1: it's unfortunate because we're rooting. We're rooting with them now, like the, like last year. I had this whole thing before the lottery party where it's like, this is bullshit. The league stepped in. The owners caved. And now we have to like all, 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 side by side with them. Root for good things happen for this team. Here,
0: Here's the thing. Here, can I I'll address this. And then I wanted to talk real quick about um, the him as Embiid's backup and and something else. But I I think what that is proof of is, and I've said this a million times, is that this is our team. And I know they own it and I know Josh Harris owns it and other people run it and actually more than Josh just owns it. But the reason we get in there and we cheer is because at the end of the day, we are the ones that have joy or sadness when they win or lose. And I think that we don't stand shoulder to shoulder with them. They don't come anywhere near us, man. I mean, they they stay they they have learned their lesson, and I don't mean that in a you you guys are not allowed. They're more than welcome to show up, but but they were all in on us, and then Sam walked away, and they realized what we were capable of, and they were like, "Well, eh, you know what? We might as well keep a keep a, our, a safe distance from." It. So this is our thing, and I think it was proof last year when there were kinky memorials outside, and it was a, uh, now we'll still be identified as a Sixers party on all news coverage, but still, I that is ours, and it is ours to celebrate. What do I say about Noel and Embiid in, in that he's being his backup? I feel like we hear a lot, you know, there's no guarantee of this, there's no guarantee of that, and, and we make fun of people that said Embiid may never be healthy, and so on and so forth. So I don't want this to sound like that, but I think it sounds different, because because I mean it differently. I am not sold, and nor should any of us be sold, on Joel Embiid as a permanently healthy big man. And not in the permanently healthy way that I expect a robot to be, but a permanently healthy way even in a normal seven-foot human. He is not playing in the next four games, whether that's a tank or not a tank, or it's his knee or not his knee. I don't know. He's had the 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 foot thing and the back thing and the, you know, there were enough people scared off of him not to take him in the draft. And there have been a lot of people scared off of him. I hope he's healthy for the rest of his career. But I have not seen evidence of that. And we continue to not see evidence of that. And even so, so I don't mind overpaying for a hedge on his health. And I think not at all. And I think New Orleans Noel is the perfect overpay as a hedge you can win a championship, not in the same way that Joel Embiid is your center, but you can win a championship with Nurland's no- Noel as your starting center. And if for some reason Joel Embiid never gets fully healthy, and your your starting point is whatever our pick is this year, the Lakers' pick, Ben Simmons, Nurland's Noel, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, at all, I'm okay. You know, l- let's go to town with that. Let's give that a try. Because you know what? Then, then we're not giving Joel Embiid a, a max con- contract extension. I don't know. We'll figure it out from there. But I'm absolutely fine with him as our future center if Joel Embiid never gets healthy. And that is a reality that we have to deal with. And there is no plan for that now. There's no plan. You had a perfect backup plan, and there's no plan. And if I have to say, to me, what really happened here is he had to make the trade in the offseason, he screwed it up. He didn't make the trade. He didn't make the trade in the offseason. And it's funny you bring up Chris Dunn, because I was saying on air earlier, I don't like Chris Dunn that much. You know, even after watching him, for a guy his age, watching him live, I don't really get it. He's very pesky on defense, but he he just seems like he's pesky. And on offense, it doesn't seem like he he really knows what he's doing. But I don't know. But if the move was, in the offseason, to get that pick that ended up as Chris Dunn, if that was the offer— then, then you should have fucking take, taken that offer because all you did, everybody's value just went down after that, went down, continually went down, and it went down so far that, you, you okay, you missed it. You overplayed your hand. You didn't, you didn't take what you wanted to take. You wanted to, to see what happened. You missed it. Now the best value is to not trade either of them. He means more to you on your team than he meant to you in a trade. That's the truth. And they they screwed it up. He shouldn't have made the trade. He should have done nothing. The I would have. They should have done nothing. It should have done nothing. Well, they had, the, we,
1: the fact that we we probably won't even get to this much, but the fact that the Sacramento pick became exponentially more valuable both in this year and into 2019, and then the Lakers hire Magic Johnson. They're going to be bad. They'll you know they're probably not going to get out of the like. It's it's either going to be like the fourth or fifth pick this year, or like a high pick next year because doesn't seem like they're going to get good anytime soon. So, like, things things were really working out before the Sixers even made a fucking trade. And then they go ahead and trade Ersan for a couple seconds and Splitter's contract. And it's like, great. Things are working out great. You trade Okafor for literally anything, our future first, Denzel Valentine. Even, honestly, some people disagreed, but if if this was the package for Jaleel that they got for New Orleans, I'd be totally fine with it. I would have been 100% fine with it, and but it's just like it's it's so that's because we don't think Jaleel is good. But in the Nerlens thing, it's it's so in the middle of something. It's so in the middle of like, well, it's it's almost it's almost a decent package. It's almost like, hey, we got value for this guy. We're not gonna we're not gonna sign, and it's almost. But but also like, people think he's like good enough to where they like you know give a shit, but like n- not good enough to where they like really sell anything and in that middle area it's nothing it's no man's land the best we have plenty of second round picks not saying that I don't like second round picks I feel like I'm arguing against myself not saying I don't like (laughs) second round picks but like we got plenty like we're good we're set on seconds we're okay we got the ones yesterday that his dad traded for Ish Smith we're fine we had enough but now we're in this so like Justin Anderson could become like a solid role player he could be like a nice Seventh, eighth guy in the NBA, great, would love it. Could play some defense, attacks the basket, needs to hit shots more. Pretty athletic, would be fine. But like, is is that like that? That's like the best you're gonna get for like. Hey, well, you know, we're otherwise we let him walk. Nerlens is a potential like legitimate disruptor. He gives Dallas the kind of centerpiece that they haven't had since Tyson Chandler when they won a championship.
0: Right. Right. They basically got, got the Tyson Chandler 2.0 version or whatever to, to replace.
1: Yeah. And so like, not like he would have been as valuable here, but some team, if they signed him in two years would, would be like, Oh shit, that guy's sitting there. I'm willing now that he, he has two or three years left on his deal. I'm willing to like, Actually, send value to the to the, to the Sixers for Nurkins rather than like I'll take him off your hands. You're not going to sign him anyway. Like if the the fact the fact is like the the upside of of the package that they did get isn't high enough to where you wouldn't risk some team like giving him a legitimate max contract and being like, well, we can't sign him for 25 million, so we'll let him walk. And if that happened, if someone if some team gave him gave Nurkins a max contract this off season. And, and they said, that's just too much where we don't want to match. I, I would, I'd probably be okay with it. I th- I think it'd be frustrating. I don't, I don't think some team's going to give them a legitimate max. If it's 20 million, then I think, I think you do it. Cause I think that's a movable piece because centerpieces on defense who can protect the rim and like just catch lobs all day are valuable in this league. Now you can see how little, Brooke Lopez and Julia Logofer and all those guys are going for because those positions are dying. No one wants them. But Nerlens is the kind of guy that people do still want. So I, it's just so in the middle where it's like it's not good enough to be anything and it's not bad enough to where you say we'd rather keep him. And I think that's why Colangelo just like totally panicked, got scared and said, well, I have to trade somebody. So now I'm going to come into this press conference and say – Oh, you know what? We this is a hap- we're so happy. Justin Anderson, we've always liked him. He was always a guy we we're interested in. Oh, New Orleans just just posted something. Wait, yeah, I was read gonna, it gonna
0: read it. I, you can read it. Go ahead. I was waiting for you to slow down, but keep going. So, uh,
1: Philly, what an exciting journey it's been to have such an amazing city. Embrace a kid from Boston coming out of Kentucky the way y'all did. Something I'll truly never forget. And even though the ups and downs, I never doubted the love here. That won't change. Thank you to everybody that believed in me and supported through the process. Love, and N4. Man, remember he he tweeted out the lottery party
0: two years ago. Yeah. Uh, Bust the process when we were singing the Noel song on the bus. He
1: retweeted. I think us. he did lottery party twice. I think it was oh, two years he? of lottery. Party. I think he did it at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings and at uh, uh, last year at the Xfinity Life.
0: <sighs> New Orleans, I'll miss New Orleans. I'm gonna miss New Orleans.
1: I, I think I would say it didn't affect me immediately, right away. Um I think because we had assumed that he was gonna be gone, like earlier in the year. So I'd already like wrapped my mind around I didn't think anymore, like the report the other I think it was even yesterday, the report that like hasn't been much trade talk for Neurlands. Uh they really want to keep him, whatever it is. And so I was like, Oh great. Then I'm I'm set. We're set. But I think even the like we talked before the season, will Neurlands play a game this year for the Sixers? And we, I think we said no. So I think, I think it didn't. It's not hurting me as bad. Uh, what really crushes me is the, is like the logic of it all. Well, like I get, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: I got to tell you, the. I feel a little numb about all of it because, I almost got. Is it possible that I was we were i was so attached to all of this and when when the hinky thing happened all we had left was the players right and as the players are gone or whatever when things like this happen i feel so much of a less of an attachment to mm-hmm. the team without him there and it almost it People say, you know, when things like this happen, it's funny I, I i I joked a couple of times on Twitter like when people had like bad, weird takes. I was like, "This is what happens when when regular people like the yeah. Sixers, they don't think like us, yeah. right? I sort of feel like, um as this happens, I feel less of a connection, I guess, to all of it, and I don't know I don't know so so okay, so those same people, when a trade like this happens, they'll go. See, you trusted the process, and this is, you know, process. This how's this? This terrible trade, you know, blah blah. Do you still trust blah blah? That is over. the The thing that we were all in on is over. The only thing that's left is the players. The only thing that's left is the players. And we asked Sean Carroll. I brought up that thing about the ship of Theseus. I don't know if you remember that. And and yeah. uh if in case somebody didn't listen, there's this thing. It's a it's a thought exercise basically that says you have this ship and and it is broken down and you slowly replace you know parts on the ship until eventually you've replaced every part on the ship is it still the original ship even though you've replaced all of the parts and uh i i guess i just i i worry about my my how into this i am and maybe it's just i'm bummed out every time something shitty happens i feel like we do the same podcast where we where we talk about where where I think about, you know, what team should I cheer for instead of this team? When's Sam cheer. coming back? Can I just cheer for the Nets? They have the new Hinky. Uh but I don't know. I feel I feel oddly numb about it. It's only when yeah, I'm well, challenged to think about it that I get angry, but but personally yeah. I don't feel as hurt by it as I think I should.
1: I don't know. Losing losing Hollis and Newlands in the same year is tough for me personally. Yeah. But Hollis getting a chance at the Pelicans, that's exciting. That's yeah. The best news of the deadline so far.
0: Hollis, the new um,
1: the new buddy healed. Yeah, he's gonna be, he's better than him for sure. Yeah, um, it's because it's tough. So we we've railed on Brian Colangelo in the past for things he said for the lack of, you know, the uh, supposed lack of transparency that he was supposed transpa- transparency that he was coming in with and the fact that that hasn't been the case at all. And, and, and by the way, I, I feel embarrassed
0: that I sort of stood up for that and saying I didn't really care you know I, I I did but this it it's the operation of the basketball team that is the biggest concern yeah. and this is a I'm sorry I stole your I didn't run it no
1: no no sorry. it's so like he hasn't the, the moves he's done he's done he's done really so few moves it was the three draft picks which we were you know at least the the board at Liberty Ballers we liked them we were a fan of them before the draft and he tra- drafted them and he kind of sat still at, at the picks that hinky got him and he took them, and it's great and then the three averageish, average to mediocre free agent signings: Bayless, Henderson, and Sergio. And then you had the Jeremy Grant trade, and that's, and then cutting Hollis for uh, Chase and Randall. Am I missing any? I think that's it. So that's like it. Yeah. the actual trades, the actual moves he's done were pretty like harmless. And so we were saying the, oh, you know, he hasn't miss, he hasn't messed up yet. He hasn't messed up. He's, you know, Hinkies gave him such a good hand. He really has to try super hard to fuck it up. And I don't think that this is fucking it up. I don't think we're screwed. We still have Simmons and Embiid and a ton of picks. And in the future, good picks. But maybe package into something. Dario, hopefully Covington. I'm worried that they're going to trade Covington in like the offseason or let him walk. I, I feel like they don't think he's as good as we think he is. And I think they're getting scared about paying him. But that's a separate conversation. I'm worried about it. But, like, this was it, – this isn't fucking it up with still the stuff, but it it's so just like, well, you didn't have to do that. That's just shooting yourself in the foot for no reason. You just just didn't have to do it. You just didn't have to do it. You finally make your mark on this team, and it's trading – Neurlands where he's gonna fucking flourish in Dallas. He's going to be great. That is a perfect situation for him. Playing with Dirk for a little bit. And then once Dirk retires, playing with Harrison Barnes with Les Matthews. It'll be fine. I mean, like they're starting to be like somewhat of a team there. They'll have a good pick this year. I'm happy for him. And I'm happy, I'm also happy for Rashawn, who has been, you know, biding his time while this other log jam happened. And now hopefully he gets to see some legitimate minutes. <sighs> but the the, the the thing with Colangelo was that I, we, I hated almost everything he said, everything, every time we talked into a microphone, I was like, I can't stand this guy. Everything he says is bullshit. He thinks he's like really super good at spin and he's terrible at it. And, but like the actual moves he was making is like, Oh, those are okay. Those are fine. And that's, Mark Eversley or Ned Cohen or whatever it is, but like things were like, okay, things were, you know, the ship is in the right direction. We're all fine. But this is the first one that's really like, there's no logic to this. It's not worth it on either side. And now we're, we're married to the idea of Embiid must be healthy or we're fucked. I think Rashawn could get good, but he it stills a long way to go. Isn't rebound well enough. He's still pretty clueless on defense. Uh, hopefully, I mean he's c- catches some lobs. Maybe the jumper comes back. But if you're if the your plan is to have Nerl, as have uh, Jaleel as Embiid's backup, and like if Embiid goes down, well at least we have Jaleel. Like that's not gonna work. That's just not gonna work at all. They must trade Jaleel. They must get rid of him immediately. To anybody, anybody can. Put him on waivers. At this point, I just want him to be gone. And again, this is nothing against Juliel as a person, aside from the little dust-up he had at the beginning of his rookie year. He's been great. They totally fucked him over so bad. They, they handled this so poorly. They took him out of a game. They told him to go home. He said goodbye. And then the trade fell through. How embarrassing is that? How is Colangelo going to face the fucking media and with a straight face, be like, you know, everything worked out? Uh, we, so, you know, we had a couple deals, couple teams pulled out at the last minute, but we really are happy with what happened. And it's like, no, you're not. You fucking blew it. You know you did. It's embarrassing. It's he should be he, he should be like really seriously ashamed of how this all went down. Like across the board, the Simmons injury, the Embiid injury, the Okafer pulling out, and then suddenly the Nerlens trade, and now he's gonna have to welcome him, Okafer back. Like it was our plan the whole time. We feel really good about. It. Like it's just so such an awful way to run an organization he's terrible he's terrible at this he's he's bad at the stuff that they criticize sam for he's worse except he thinks he's good what's the fuck what's going on here (laughs) insane you hit a a seinfeldian i know it got me this trade seinfelded me
0: (laughs) his name is noel He's not even a Chris. <laughs> he doesn't even like Christmas. L.L. <laughs> oh, Pavorsky Jewelers is the exclusive sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. L.L. Uh, said that he had a Rights to Ricky Sanchez customer today looking for an engagement ring. As you may know, he is the place to get engagement rings. He's a fine gentleman. He would never trade any of your shit for two, for two second round picks. We can guarantee that. Or if he, if he did.
1: Saying it was a first and it being two seconds is just, I really hope tomorrow in the, in the thing he says, like, you know, it might be a first. Like, I hope he tries to spin that to be like, we got a first.
0: Well, it's almost like LL. LL would never sell you a $10,000 ring and, and tell you it was a $100,000 ring, right? That's right. That's you, right. You're, get, you're getting everything at face value. Though he's probably excited because LL loves Rashawn Holmes and uh, we'll probably see more Rashawn Holmes unless we see more uh, Julia Lokifer, which should be a lot of fun. So if you want to make an appointment to buy an engagement ring from our sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, LL, who we love dearly. We love you dearly, LL. I just can't muster up the happiness right now. Call LL at 215-627-2252. Visit LL. The store is at 707 Walnuts. Lovely store. Lovely, intimate store. Tweet them at LL Pavorsky or send them an email. Go to com. For every podcast, as part of his sponsorship, LL donates to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Not today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hello,
1: whiskey, he
0: Not today.
1: Not today. <laughs> tomorrow.
0: Yeah, maybe tomorrow. So what now? So what do we do now? They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna. Boy, is, is this a? Like, they're gonna fucking suck the rest of the year, man. Aren't they? I mean, they're gonna be terrible, right? I mean, well, and be- I
1: mean, the with the Ursan stuff, I'm excited for Dario to get major minutes and play a lot next to Embiid, hopefully. And if Simmons comes back, the lanes open for him to get playing time. I mean, the the Ersan trade was so good because we were worried about him signing this kind of player to a long-term deal. And the fact that he traded him at the deadline for solid, reasonable value... Is was exciting. It was good. I felt so good yesterday, man. (laughs) It was great. It was great. Between that and the boogie deal, Kings are going to be bad. That pick swap, the Sixers are going to have almost certainly at least one top five pick. And then hopefully that Lakers pick is in there. Could be two top five picks. That'd be great. I mean, things were going good. The 2019 Kings pick. It's amazing. It's an amazing trade chip, as about as good as the almost as good as the Nets pick this year. And, uh, you know, we started talking about, you know, maybe we, maybe we step in and make a couple offers for Paul George. And I heard that, that the Sixers were, were, you know, kicking the tires on that, but it seemed, it seems like they, uh, Seemed like they had a bunch <laughs> of different things happening. And then, like, they all kind of came crashing down around the same time. And this was the one they were left with. And it was like, well. Justin Anderson was uh, somebody, and we can spin it like it's a first-round pick. I bet it was two seconds, and they were like, "Can you make it a first-round pick, just so we can say you're never going to get to top 18?" But, but just could you could you say that it is top 30
0: protected, us? top 30 protected, first-round pick,
1: a top 30 protected first-round pick, a a top draft protected. If it's in a draft, then you don't get the pick. But if it's not in a the draft, then the picks all yours.
0: I'll tell you, you you are right about yeah. the Ilyasova trade just being a fucking really just was a a bait and switch, you know. Oh my god. Real trick. Yeah. A it, real trick. It
1: was it was perfect. It was such a nice trade. It was such like an oh, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. We're going to we're not going to spend money on like a position that we, you know, don't have room for when we have two like legitimate prospects playing the same position. We're going to get rid of him. We're going to move him at the height of his value. And a couple second rounders, awesome. Love it. Colangelo, not that bad. Wait a second. Wrong.
0: nerlands for. I expected, I was waiting for a surprise. But this was not the surprise I was he totally expecting. He does
1: surprise. That's the thing is that when you think he's, like, got multiple things brewing where it's like, okay, here's the other shoe's going to drop. Hinky was a big other shoe's going to drop guy. Colangelo, so far, has not been. He can focus on one thing at one time. During the draft, it was like, all right, he's making these picks. Something's coming. Here we go. No, we're just. It's over. The draft ended. Can Nothing I tell?
0: Can I tell you some tea leaf uh, reading I was doing beforehand? Please, can and you? I? I try not to tell you these. I love to surprise you with them. Like I don't. I don't. I purposely do not. We don't discuss Sixers very much at all during the week because if we did, what would we have to say? When we did the podcast, right? It's more fun this way. So I mentioned this to who? Derek to see if I might be right. Dietrich to get me to to agree with me, and uh, Jake this morning because I see him at work, which is funny. Anyway, um, Jake, who by the way argued with my dad about the Sixers on Tuesday morning and and lost as everyone
1: does. Come on. Yeah, come on, Jake. Yeah, I know. Just don't talk to him. Just walk the other direction. Right on if the air. See Howard asking anywhere. Angelo loved it. Just walk away. Angelo, same thing. Just don't talk to him. People don't want to admit it. They're never going to admit it. We are going to drown them in retweet Armageddon takes. We won't even. We'll just bring them up up their old takes and well, nothing they can say about it. But don't actually talk to them about anything, as it's worthless.
0: I got to tell you, I have a real. We might end on this hot take about retweet Armageddon, but. Um, You think think it's going to be bad? You want to cancel it? Well, I'll I'll talk about it in a second. My theory was, remember when I was talking about the Okafor stuff, and I was like, I don't like who these rumors are going to. They're going to local beats. Woj isn't saying anything. Mark Stein's not saying anything. I don't get it. So then all of a sudden, the guy with the, like, why everyone just, and this is no offense to him. I I don't mean this is offense to him. But why everyone, when David Aldridge, because he's sort of mild-mannered and not hot takey, When he reports something, everybody's like, oh, it's definitely true because David Aldridge reported it. Well, since when has everything that David Aldridge reported been definitely true? So David Aldridge, who is the NBA.com reporter, was getting rumors from a front office who was put in place by the NBA who is full of people who used to work for the NBA. Ned Cohen, Scott O'Neill. Brian Colangio, who got his job because of Jerry Colangio, who was placed there by the NBA. Again, nothing from Adrian Wojnarowski, nothing from Mark Stein, but all of a sudden, uh, um, uh, David Aldridge is saying, you know, they almost had a deal with Portland. Well, it still doesn't make any sense because he sat out two games and didn't go on a road trip. Might explain one game, doesn't explain two games. And he's like, they're definitely going to get traded. Here's definitely the teams who are after it. Dude, that was, that was the Sixers doing the same thing they did by, by pulling Okafor out of the game. It was the same thing. It was the same thing. It was the same thing. And the only reason that Wo- Woj does not fall for our bullshit, he doesn't. He doesn't fall for our bullshit. All he does is break the stories when they happen, but does not fall for our bullshit because no one will corroborate it. it do- it's not true. Nobody wanted Okafor. He was trying to get people to think that somebody wanted Okafor. So that's the first thing. The other thing about retweet Armageddon.
1: Just to agree with you, Sean Heiken tweeted. Uh, he writes for the Bulls. For, yeah. Uh, I think the Atlantic. He tweeted that uh, that he heard that the Bulls weren't as interested in Okafor as it was. that was being made out to be in the media.
0: Yeah, of course. None of it was the right media people. That's all. that's that's all
1: I have to say. So and, the right media people for you would be Woj and Mark Stein.
0: Yeah. And and not that they're not used sometimes, or not that they're not the they're not. But like when when they're saying something, I'm in. I'm like, okay, what's going on? There's something going on. Um, but these other he people, for the,
1: the athletic, did I say the Atlantic? You read for the athletic, athletic. whatever. Go for it.
0: So then the other thing is retweet Armageddon. I think there is a very real possibility that we missed our chance because really? every. I, I do, and I think our last opportunity, and I'm making an impassioned plea on the podcast to the retweet Armageddon Congress when I suggest this when I make this a- official request i'm 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 j- I'm doing what actual politicians do i'm I'm trying to politic through the media okay I believe the last our last chance for retweet Armageddon is the pick swap, and I believe that every day that passes the the process gets further and further. In our rear view, and yeah. our chance to say we were right, um, is further behind. Dwindles. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or even we were right. Not even we were right. Uh, well, if Colangelo didn't do this or that, yeah, you know, so, people are already doing that. Like that's oh, the reason they're so good is because of Ilyasova and Henderson.
0: Yeah, or people or, or the reason the reason that he couldn't trade anybody is because he had too many centers. You know,
1: there's all all that shit is everywhere. We, which lets brief detour get back. Like, obviously, this problem, the the too many centers problem was caused by drafting three in a row, which which is on some combination of hinky and ownership, mm-hmm. which ownership is also to blame for this, as they always offer everything, because likely it is them who are always signing off on final decisions. That's how it works in the NBA. The, you know, the GM takes the deal to the owner. The owner says yes or no. So, so it's like. For sure, we hated the for pick. We hated it then, we hated it a year in, and we hate it now. But once it was made, and once Colangelo came in, there were plenty of chances to do something about it. Yeah. Get out from under it, trade either of them, figure something out, anything. It was a bad pick from the start, and that's, Hinky deserves some of that blame. All a little somewhere in between depending on what theories you believe in. So that's like we all that is a, that is a given. We've spent enough time hating the Julie Logo for pick from the very beginning from that exact night in 2015. So and- I just want to make sure nobody thinks that we're like absolving Hinky of blame here because that was a terrible pick then and it's a terrible pick now. I
0: I might even go so far as to say, and I haven't decided what I'm going to propose with the Congress, (laughs) that retweet Armageddon happen the day of the lottery party, regardless of the pick swap, as a lead up to the lottery party. That all day long, we're retweeting bad takes to create awareness of the lottery party. We're going to ruin timelines. It would be amazing. It would be a final farewell before he fades into oblivion before he joins a new team and we become conflicted on this, mm-hmm. it is the final hinky tribute is retweet Armageddon. And I think it, it I, I don't know how I'm going to propose this with the Congress, but I believe that it needs to happen. And I believe if we wait too long, we are going to Colangelo retweet Armageddon in that we're not going to do it when we should have. And then when it happens, it's going to be worse or it'll never happen. So that's going to
1: happen. So. I might like that. Yeah. One thing first, Tony Roden just tweeted, just trying to trust the process. Just oh, my God. You know. Oh, my God. I love him so much. Um. Secondly.
0: I want him back.
1: When does rookie of the year results come out? How close to lottery party is that? Because it might be, that might be in the same area. And if it's either Embiid or Saric or both, if it's both, that'd be really cool. If it's like a, if it's a Hoxie and they get to share the award, <laughs> uh, That'd be great. Uh, Let's see. But that also could be factored in. All worth discussing at a different
0: time. It was, believe it or not, the day he was named Rookie of the Year, that Carl Anthony Towns was named Rookie of the Year last year, you're going to love this. May 16th, 2016. The lottery party is May 16th, 2017. Uh, The lottery party was...
1: In my mind, it's always the 17th. Yeah. Um. Whatever it's whatever that Tuesday is.
0: Wow, May sixteenth, twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, same day. Uh, so no, maybe that's the thing.
0: Yeah, May seventeenth. Uh, yeah, May sixteenth. Yeah. Wow. Holy crap.
1: Yeah, that could be a, a good confluence of things.
0: Yeah. Boy, that's a good thought. Um, I actually. So the other thing. Okay. The other
1: thing is they. So because they acquired, they traded two players: Nerlens and Irsan. And they acquired three players, someone even if they're going to buy out Bogut or Splitter, or hopefully both, they have to cut someone first in order to like receive them on the roster. If you remember the great Jakar Samsoning. Of- uh, oh,
0: they didn't receive Splitter
1: already? Can't they just... I don't think that trade I don't think that trade's official yet. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, cuz I didn't get a press release from the Sixers. So I don't think it's
1: official yet, so I think that they're trying to figure out, but I I could see I guess Randall probably going or low key I could see Sergio going.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind cutting Sergio. I'm not sure I I care too much about that. If we're going to yeah. tank. I, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm surprised that he wasn't that they couldn't find some sort of deal for him. I don't know. Um but yeah, I don't know. So the other thing, so so we'll see what happens there. We'll keep keep tabs on that because someone has to get cut. I don't know if you cut Randall and then bring him back. I don't know. If he has like clear waivers and stuff, it it'll be weird. Um But I don't I don't want I definitely don't want Bogut and Splitter. Like now we have like we, we now have five centers. Like we We have more centers. We have more centers. Older, worse centers.
0: It's kind of more
1: funny. In, older, worse, more injured centers. Solid deadline.
0: It's kind of funny that we have more centers in a Sixers way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. So I think. I think if you step back and look at okay, what's Colangelo done? What's he not done? Uh now that we have like essentially his job. I mean, aside from the tinkering of of this last roster spot, his job for the season is done. There's not. There's nothing that he's going to do until. Like the draft, pretty much. Um, Aside from, like, hold players out, decide if they can play, whatever it is. So now we have, like, a full season under, a full Colangelo season pretty much under the belt. He signed three vets, traded for another one, all on relatively short-term contracts, and didn't make any like he didn't trade Nerlens for like Jared Sollinger or some some type right. of like veterany guy to come in and and like make the team better in the short term and push for a playoff spot or just for uh worthless wins. My thinking is when you step back and look at it, he really wants another top draft pick this year. And I think the I think it's all it was all the whole year being very cautious with Simmons, keeping him beat out for uh I mean, you'd be cautious with him anyway, but I think keeping him out maybe a little bit more excessively. I th- I think it's all gearing towards hoping that they lose games and end up with another like Top flight player or two, and so uh, this to me i I, I guess I'll say I, I'm surprised that he not ever publicly, but pretty much through his decision making, it was let's let's like sneaky look respectable, but actually be tanking that's my that's my impression of 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 what Colangelo. How he played his cards this season, and including now, I think, and I think the fact that Nerlens is so clearly better than Okafor, and he's the one that went, and then now Embiid's out for the next four games or whatever, and it's going to be, hey, Jaleel starting at center, loss, 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 loss. I think uh, that to me is is a, is a is a not obvious, but pretty decent indication that he's like, and maybe respectably so, like, we gotta get one more top light guy in the draft while we're here.
0: Well, because we just traded away the other one we had. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we had one, you know, we we gotta send him out, make sure we get another whatever. Uh, <sighs> it's a bummer, it's man. It's it, not a good it's day. It's a tough,
1: if, if, how, you'd be feeling, so if they didn't if they did nothing today, if the Urson trade happened and they just sat the rest of the day, I'd be fine. So,
0: I'd be told you sewing my ass off about uh, you, you definitely Jaleel. would. You definitely
1: yeah. would, and I'd be, I'd still be like aghast about them telling Jaleel to go home, yeah, and not traveling with the team, and then bringing him back. But you'd be okay. Jaleel just but- so obviously eat crow, a blatant display of crow eating. Yep.
0: But you'd be okay with the Urson the trade, and it would be hard. I'd be happy
1: with the Ersan. It'd be like, God, I can't believe we have to fucking watch him again. But, yeah. you know, all right, well, things still worked out. Dario gets a start. We'll have, you know, we'll rotate the centers so where they can get some minutes. Everybody will sit a couple days, whatever it is. It'd, be fr- it'd certainly be like, oh, fuck, we still have him. But, I mean, just the fact that they not only traded the wrong guy, but traded him for such a just just low just they sold so low on him just sold so obviously low with just because they 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 were worried about somebody else paying him too much to where they'd actually have to make a decision of how much this guy's worth and then if they match it then people saying 20 million for a backup 20 million for a backup it's wrong. They're wrong. Those people are wrong. People saying that are, are wrong and aren't thinking it through. If you don't like Nerlens and you think he's just not that good, I also think you're wrong. But you should still see this as a bad trade. As well,
0: yeah, objectively I think it's a bad trade. I just think objectively it's a yeah.
1: You can you, there's levels to it on on either side, but this is regard if you think Nerlens is bad, then this is then then you still don't trade him for this. You say like, Oh, well then I'm fine letting him walk. If some team does happen to blow us out of the water with an offer and we say no, that we can't do that, then it's fine. But if, but if the trade today was good enough to where you're saying, yeah, okay, that's enough. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll, I'll cash in the chips now and say like, yes, this is, this is good enough for me to be like happy, but it's not, it's just like objectively not. Regardless of what you think of Justin Anderson, because the fact is like he wasn't a coveted asset for Dallas. It's not like you were like, We need him, and they're like, nah, 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 nah. We love him. He's playing like eleven minutes a game off the bench behind uh what's his name? The guy from Florida.
0: You know what's, what's a crazy uh exercise in sample size is his three point shooting. He's he's always like hit twenty nine or thirty percent, except for his last year in college when he
1: shot forty six percent. Yeah. It's weird. That was good that was a good Virginia team. Yeah. They, the fact is, like, I think he will be. Let's talk about Justin Anderson a little All bit. Right, we, like, I think that he will be solid. He's a like he, he's a tough player, like he's a very physical player, and uh and he goes and he goes to the basket like hard. Not crazy athletic, not like uh like doesn't have legit like ridiculous ups, but but like powerful and like can finish around the rim okay. Um but the fact that the Sixers will have Embiid and Simmons next to him. Right. And then hopefully whatever top five player they get in this draft to play point guard to where he'd be able to have open looks. He just has a very slow release. He's like, he sort of dips on his release. He's a lefty, which I like. And I actually tweeted like last week about how the Sixers have only had like eight lefties in the last like 10 years. Um, But he's got a very slow release that like dips. And so he just needs like time to release. I'm sure like, Hopefully as his career goes by he'll get faster, but um Yeah, he's just the fact that Dallas doesn't have that kind of like playmaking guy hurt him a lot because he just didn't get any like he, he had to like create for himself and that's kinda not him.
0: Well at least well, and somebody new to watch, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Look, I dog, if if it was Justin Anderson the first round pick for if it was just if if this was the Ogre trade, I'd be so happy. It'd be like, Great, we trade a uh, a poorly thought of pick from the 2015 draft for another poorly thought of pick from the 2015 draft. And we get a second and we get a first round of it after it. Awesome. Love it. Way to go. Everybody backpats hugs and hand pounds. So happy about it. Like we got, there was the whole thing. It was like, it's for, for years it was always like, we, it shouldn't be that hard to trade a center for, a guard for a team that needs one or the other, a team that has a, a surplus of one or the other. But now it's it's so clear that there are too many big men in the league, and most, most teams don't need big men. They're trying to get rid of them. But the fact that we got we got a wing for a center is like, oh, awesome. It's just the wrong fucking one. Uh, I had heard it earlier uh, in the uh,
0: week, actually, uh, that, that the <laughs> it was wrong. I had heard earlier in the week that the Mavericks were interested in Okver for Justin Anderson, and uh, the person who told me was like, "Is is that okay with you?" And I was like, "Don't even know who the fuck Justin Anderson is." And yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yes, I don't care. Okay. Turns out it was the wrong guy. Wrong.
1: Guy. Justin Anderson. He's he's uh he he does profile. To, he he has similar, um, like steal and block rates to Nerlens. Like he's got he's got that ability to be to to get his hands in places. He's long. Whoa! Um, Heyo. And he could he he could be like, between his strength and his, um, just getting his hands in passing lanes and and blocking some shots. He could he could really be a disruptor on defense. But unfortunately, he also just doesn't move his feet well right now, and he doesn't play well off the ball. So he's not a good defensive player as a whole. Sort of sounds like he sucks, Mike. But no, he doesn't. But he he has the he has the tools to. He just hasn't put it together yet. Okay. But he's got time. I, I'm excited about Justin Anderson. I can be I can be I can hate this trade and also be excited about Justin Anderson. And I can also not blame Justin Anderson for this dog shit trade that he was a part of. All
0: right. I gotta go. So, I gotta get out of this studio. I'm doing it in the studio, not at home as I normally am. Um well uh I'm sorry. It was a an unsuccessful trade deadline and uh the Sixers play tomorrow night and um
1: Oh my god, they do? Yeah. Jesus
0: Yeah, it's the Ben Simmons is returning, uh, February twenty fourth against the
1: Wizards. They they sold all those tickets.
0: (laughs) Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Sharp was on with Angelo this morning, and I got to work. Oh my God, how'd that go? Uh, I get to work, and Angelo walks into the office afterwards, and I got us like you don't know him. I know him. I love Angelo to death. I love working with Angelo, and he comes. I've been on.
1: I've been on with him once or twice.
0: Oh yeah, right. He comes in and he goes, Spike love Andrew Sharp, want him on all the time. And I was like, of course you do. Of course you do. So, and uh, and I think Andrew, Andrew enjoyed himself too because he, Andrew understands the, Andrew gets it, I think. I think Sharp gets it. So he heard it and he thought it was hilarious. And Sharp said something sort of off, off the cuff. He said in New Orleans, he was sort of, he was, somebody theorized that they would, that this that Josh Harris maybe was making more calls than than anyone was letting on because he didn't want to pay anybody. And, of course, Angela was like, wait a minute, what did you just say? And he goes, look, I don't know that for sure. Just somebody theorized it. I was like, oh. The Sharp almost blew up the spot with a uh, a huge scoop that, that he I didn't I mean, mean that's
1: that's like the perfect Angelo story. Yeah, yeah, it would Any, be great. Anybody being cheap is like, yeah, the, is it's like the best right, right up the alley.
0: So I'll I'll send you a link to the podcast. It was funny. So all right, um, well uh, that was that. Somebody asked on Twitter if you will ever say the end of the catchphrase. Now, not I,
1: not not until the trade, okay. girlfriend.
0: <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right. So the Right of Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers or Rights of Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Seven to seven Walnut in Philly, always at Ll.pavorski dot com. Are you down with T T P? Oh, you really didn't do it.
1: Okay. All right. See you, man. God damn it. All right. <laughs>